Blog Talk Radio. This is the Body of Christ Church, inviting you to our virtual living room, where we discuss today's issues and how those issues relate to the Holy Scriptures. So sit back, relax, and engage in conversation with us. Good afternoon, brothers and sisters, and welcome once again to the virtual living, virtual living room presented by the Body of Christ Church. I'm your special host, the Brother Kazakia, and believe me, it's a pleasure as well as a blessing to be able to spend a little bit of time with you in the virtual living room, going through the scriptures and evaluating today's occurrences, today's activities through the scriptures. And the topic of our conversation this afternoon is simple. Gun violence, is there a remedy? The Second Amendment guarantees American citizens the right to bear arms. So what happens when there is ensuing bloodshed and death as a result of that right? Is the right to bear arms also synonymous with the right to maim and murder? The incidence of gun violence mass shootings is increasing at an alarming rate. From parishioners to concert attendees to students, many have been affected either directly or indirectly by gun violence. Heated debates continue as lawmakers attempt to find a solution to this divisive and deadly problem, but are they only looking to find solutions at the surface level? Should background checks be more extensive to include mental and psychological evaluation? Should only a certain type of ammunition be used? Should the sale of firearms be more restricted? Should American society in general focus on the gun itself, or should American society look at itself? Is it about the gun or the individual using it? Should the burden of finding a remedy to this problem lie solely upon the shoulders of lawmakers, or should we as citizens turn to the Holy Bible for solutions? Do the scriptures offer counsel as to how to handle and maintain a firearm? Can the Bible offer us a route to, pe- to a peaceful remedy of this problem without further bloodshed and death? So to help me examine this particular subject matter, I have with me in the virtual living room special, uh, special brother who is definitely no stranger to the ministry, who is definitely no stranger uh, to the work, to the gospel. Our brother, Barack, brother, welcome to the show, and thank you for sacrificing a little bit of time to hang out with me in the virtual living room this afternoon. How are you, brother? Doing well, doing well, man. Um, thanks for having me, and, um, you know, Lord willing, uh, the scriptures will come out where people will be um, be edified, you know, as far as um, this, this topic that we're going to discuss. Exactly. And um, let's just start off with the basics before we really get into the in-depth conversation. When you, when you hear about gun violence and mass shootings, uh, the latest one taking place in Florida, what, what, was, your, what was your reaction uh, when you heard about this particular event, when you heard about this particular occurrence? What was your reaction, Barack? Well, my reaction is, you know what? I'm going to hear the same old stuff on the news, people covering the same old thing. 
focusing on the wrong things, which is, uh, you know, passing gun laws and this and that and blah, 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 but they're not focusing on what the true uh, issue is, which is the person uh, that's pulling the trigger on that gun, you know, the mindset mm-hmm. of that person. You know what I mean? So that's usually the first thing that I think of when I hear this stuff come out on the news. It's like, you know, there's going to be all these big debates and stuff like that, you know, just a bunch of nonsense. And believe it or not, there have been already, like you stated, big debates about uh, stricter gun stricter gun laws, uh, more, more evaluations and, and, and measures being put in place to, to further uh, guarantee or ensure, if you will, the safety of, of, of the American citizen, the, the safety of our children. But I, I want right. to read the scripture right quick. And uh, by all means, you, you, you come in with it as well, but I want to read the scripture right quick. And, I, I, and please help me. Is this what's taking place right now? So in 2 Timothy chapter 3, starting at verse 1, and I'm going to read a little bit. It says, excuse me, it says, This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, bolsters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truth breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, Hey, high-minded, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God. Now, two points in the scripture that I really want to bring to light, and by all means, uh, I definitely would appreciate your commentary on it. And the first point I want to bring to light in, in, in today's discussion is the first part of the scripture in verse 1 where it says, This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. So let's look at that. Let's look at the peril that plagues our society here. Of course, you have, you know, gun violence, mass shootings. You also have gang violence. You also, you also have uh, uh, situations in which if you're not careful, you know, you, you could either, you know, die or get hurt throughout the course of a common day. You're, 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 and, and on top of that, you know, you, you have these different agendas, these different programs, these different movements in which if you say the wrong thing to the wrong person, you could end up in jail. So to me, those are examples of perilous times when I can't even, when I can't even direct a person toward a scripture, direct the person toward something that Christ said to help them better their lives without me being thrown in jail is also another example of the perilous times that we're currently living in. And verse 3, where it says, without natural affection, to simply pick up a gun and fire it at children or fire it into a crowd of persons attending a concert or fire it uh, uh, at persons who are trying to worship God, that, to me, is an example of a person or persons without natural affection. Because the natural affection, will be, this, is a, this is another human being. This is another person. I don't want to inflict harm on that, on that person or another human being in as much as I wouldn't want that person 
to want to inflict harm or kill me. So, Barack, please help me out. Do these things resonate? I mean, is, is, is there some degree of validity to what the scriptures are saying, especially in these days and times that we're living in, especially touching the subject matter of gun violence and mass shootings? Please help me out, brother. Yes. So when you look at it, bro, um, the the time period that we're living in now, you know, the scripture says it's, it's the last days and these things are going to happen. Okay. Um, when you read the Bible, okay, in total, okay, from Genesis all the way to Revelations, you'll get a true understanding of, you know, of, of it. And what happens is um, when you look, and I'm going to go through the scriptures in a minute, when you look in the beginning, uh, when God mm-hmm. first created man on the earth, it, there was a lot of violence uh, going on in the earth until the Mosai said, you know what, enough is enough, I'm going to destroy it. We're living in that time period now where things are just getting worse and worse, where in Revelation it tells us that the wickedness is going to go up to him, his ears, and then he's going to come down and, and, you know, fix the problem, which is going to be Mm -hmm. destroying the earth and just saving those who have repented. But that's the time period that we're living in. So I want to look at some scriptures, okay, because I made some statements. I just want to back it up with um, some scriptures, okay? Um, let me, let me first start out with Christ. Cause I said, uh, you know, um, it's, it's reminiscent of, um, in the beginning with Noah and stuff like that. Um, Matthew 24. And, um, I want to just read 37. Okay. It says, this is Christ speaking. He says, but as the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Okay? So, a lot of violence happening. You know, you made the statement a while ago, you can't even bring out the understanding of Christ without getting your head chopped off, you know, just for someone to better their lives. If the scriptures tell us that Noah was a preacher of righteousness and no one could keep to what he was saying, you understand, mm-hmm. until the flood came when it was too late. So it's the same thing that's happening now. All the violence and stuff that's going on on the earth, and people don't want to have nothing to do with what the Scripture says as far as how we should, you know, um, get these situations and stuff better. But it says, as in the days of um, Noah, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. It's going to be the same thing. So let me go to Genesis, okay, and we're going to read what the problem is and we're going to find out that the problem is not the gun okay the problem is the person that's pulling the trigger okay mm-hmm. so genesis um and i think i wrote down the um hold on are you referring to uh genesis 6 no, hold on one minute. Um, where it says uh, man's... Here it is. Okay, Genesis 6. Yeah, you're right. Um, so Genesis 6, and um, I'll start at verse 5. Now, this was in the beginning, uh, in Noah's time, okay? 
It says, and God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth. Every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. So this is our makeup. This is how man is. Our imagination and the things that we think of is only evil continually. Right? Mm -hmm. Verse 6, and it says, and it repented the Lord that he had made man on the earth, and it grieved him at his heart. Now, that's a heavy statement if you think about it. It grieves God himself that he made man upon earth just because of how we are, the wickedness that's in us. So Mm -hmm. when we talk about, you know, gun laws and gun debate and stuff like that, it's not the gun. The gun is just a, a, a tool. You know, it's the person's mindset. You know that's pulling the, that that has that gun. That that's what needs to be fixed. Mm-hmm. So it says, and it repented the Lord that He had made man on the earth, and it grieved him at his heart. So I want to jump down to verse eleven, Genesis six verse eleven. It says, the earth also was corrupt before God, and the earth was filled with violence. Just like what we're seeing now, every almost every other week, you turn on the TV or you go on the Internet or you listen to the radio, whatever way you get your news, what are you hearing? Some mass shooting that's taking place, some violent acts that's taking place. And so it was um, way back when, when the earth was just um, populated, you know, with, with people on the earth. It says the earth was also corrupt before God and the earth was filled with violence, just like how it is now. In verse 12, it says, And God looked upon the earth, and behold, it was corrupt, for all flesh had corrupted his way. It's the same thing that we're looking at now. Very rarely can you find someone, you know, who's who's really willing uh, to do what the Scripture says, willing to do and follow the examples of Jesus Christ. That's the rarity in the earth. Everybody's corrupt in their own way. So it says, um, so for 13 it says, And God said unto Noah, The end of all flesh is come before me, for the earth is filled with violence through them, and behold, I will destroy them with the earth. So everybody knows about the flood. That's what this is talking mm-hmm. about. So the earth was so violent that the Mosai said, you know what, I'm going to destroy everybody except for Noah and his family because I found them to be righteous. So it's the same thing. It says in the last days, perilous times are going to come, the last days. So the final days before the destruction of Christ comes back, that's what we're seeing right now. So the earth is filled with violence now just like how it was back then. And all these things is just what a thing to show us that, okay, it is the last days right before Christ comes back. And he's going to destroy all the wickedness that's going on in the earth. But that's what it is. It's not the gun or any other tool of weapon or whatever it is. It's the person's mindset. It's our imaginations. It's our heart. It's only evil continually. And, you know, and and that's what the scriptures are bringing out. Let me... Um, Hold on one second. Let me just go to this uh, other scripture here real quick to further uh, bring out the point. Hold on. 
while you're looking for that scripture, there's, there's something that came to mind while I was listening to you when you were founded upon uh, the earth being filled with violence that you were reading about in Genesis chapter 6 and verse 11. And while you're looking for the scripture that you're currently looking for, I would like to, uh, you know, reinforce that. And in the book of Psalms, Psalms number 11 and uh, verse 5, it, it says something really, really, really interesting. You know, it says something interesting mm-hmm. that we all should really pay attention to. So in Psalms, uh, the, the 11th Psalm and verse 5, listen to what it says. It says, the Lord triumphed the righteous, but the wicked and him that loveth violence, his soul hateth. Wow. So that's, that's, a, that's a profound statement. So the Most High mm-hmm. is sitting in heaven, and he's trying the righteous. Those that are trying, that are attempting, they're endeavoring to, to learn more about him and, and try to be like him or like his son Christ, whom he said we all are supposed to fire, uh, follow, excuse me, he's trying them. You know, tri- the, the, the tribulation that comes, conflict, adversity, so, so, so that person can be all the more purer of a man or a woman. And at the same time, the man or the woman that loves violence, that loves to inflict harm, that loves to cause chaos, that loves to hurt, maim, murder. The scriptures are telling us that those are the persons that the Heavenly Father hates. Now, if they repent, all praises and glory go to the Most High for the repentance. But if they continue on that path of violence, because it's, it's just an expression of hatred. Let's just be honest with each other. It's an expression of hatred. So if that person who is continuing on that violent path, unless they repent, they're, they're going to receive the judgment. And the scriptures are telling us, here again, Psalms 11 and verse 5, the Lord trieth the righteous, but the wicked, those persons that are not trying to follow Christ, they're not trying to keep the commandments, they're not trying to better themselves, they're not trying to clean up their acts, right? And, but the wicked and him that loveth violence, his soul hateth. So does the Heavenly Father hate? Yes, according to the Scriptures, he does. But the Scriptures gives us the things that the Heavenly Father vehemently disagrees with, and violence is one of them. So for our people out there that are doing, committing violent acts, whether it's with a gun, whether it's with a knife, whether it's with whatever, whatever you use, whatever tool you use to inflict harm, to murder someone else, unless you repent, scriptures will tell you that the Heavenly Father is hating you. But while you have the opportunity to better yourself, to turn your life around, that's the opportunity that you should be taken care of so that you don't receive of that judgment. I'll go right ahead, brother. Go right ahead with your scripture. Exactly. That's a great point. Um, and to, I want to further just build also on what we read in uh, Genesis about the heights of men is evil, you know, from the beginning of his imaginations and stuff is evil. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what we have to realize as a people, because some people will deny it. Some people will say, man, I'm not evil. I'm a good person. You know, you're a good person, but yet and still you pick up a gun and you do, you kill 50 people. Right, but you're a good okay. person, and you know, and I, a lot, you know, a lot of people say that, bro. I was just watching a um, 
uh, a documentary on a um a drug dealer, right? Famous drug dealer. Um this dude, as a matter of fact, Jamaican drug dealer, he's over like he was a leader, right? Of all these different people and stuff that carry out all these different shootings and all that stuff, right? Violence. So he got locked up, you know, thrown in jail or whatever, and what he without the possibility of parole for a while, right? So what he did was he wrote a letter with his own hands, as they say in the documentary, he wrote a letter to the judge. And in the letter, he's saying, oh, I'm a good person because I did all these good things for the people and this and that and blah, blah, blah. And this is a dude who's responsible for killing hundreds, if not thousands of people. Mm-hmm. But his justification is that he's a good person. And, you know, that's very common, you know, with people. They say, okay, I'm a good person. But, no, the scriptures are telling us that all of us are evil. And the way to um, suppress those evil thoughts and not have them turn into actions is by reading our scriptures, right, seeing what the High says, how we should live our lives, and doing just that. So I want to read Luke chapter 11 and 13. This is what Christ said. Right, he's talking to the people, and he says, "If ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask Him?" Right. So mm-hmm. Christ is telling us that what you are evil. If your 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 natural makeup, our natural makeup is evil, that's what we are. Right, so we can't deny it and say, okay, or try to blame something and say, okay, it's the it's guns. That's the reason why there's so much violence in our society. It's the guns. We have to have stricter gun laws. No, it's the people, because we're evil. Our imaginations, our thoughts are evil. We want to hurt one another. Right? It's us. We are evil. It's not the guns. It's not having stricter gun laws. It's us as human beings. We're evil. So I want to read again. I want to read Romans. Go to Romans um, 7, and I want to read something here. Now, Mm -hmm. this is the Apostle Paul, right? And he was a um, a great person in the Scriptures of all the things that he did and stuff like that, right? So I want to read Romans 7 and 18. This is what he's saying. It says, Romans 7 and 18, For I know that in me, that is, in my flesh, dwelleth no good thing. For to will is present with me, but how to perform that which is good I find not. So what is he saying? What's in him is evil. For to will is present with me, but how to perform that which is good I find not. So how to do the commandments and all that, that's not in us naturally. In verse 19, it says, For the good that I would, I do not, but the evil which I would not, that I do. Because that's our makeup. But what's the solution, though? Verses 25, Romans 7 and 25, it says, I thank 
God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. So then, with the mind, I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh, the law of sin. So what is Paul saying? He's saying that with his mind, he's going to serve God. So it's us getting our minds right, getting that thing straight. So if we have evil intentions or whatever towards people or towards anyone or if we're frustrated, mad at the world or anything like that, what's the solution is getting our minds right. And you know what? I shouldn't even be thinking like that, man. I shouldn't even have those thoughts because those thoughts are wrong. Instead of, well, you know what, I'm just going to kill a whole bunch of people. That that will be the solution. That's that evil that you would and you do not. That's what that is. But to combat that, it's us having the right mindset because we're evil naturally. All of us. We're evil naturally. But the solution, like I said, is just that. It's getting our minds right. That's the solution. So before I go on, if you have something, you can bring, bring it out. No, uh, b- believe it or not, right about now is a good time for us to take a quick break. We come back. I want I want to go in a little bit more into what you were talking about as far as getting our minds right. But let's get this quick break in, and then we'll continue our conversation uh, about our minds and, and, and the role that our minds play when it comes to things like gun violence and mass shooting. So, uh, Stay tuned. Let's take this quick break, and then we'll be back and continue the, uh, the conversation. organ in your chest 
is not capable of decision-making. It's not capable of evaluating. It's not capable of weighing right and wrong, or right versus wrong, or wrong versus right. But your mind is. That's the heart. So the scriptures are telling us that our minds are desperately wicked, are evil, okay? Who can know it? In other words, who knows to what length, to what extent our minds will go to justify our lusts and the things that we want to do and satisfy, satisfy our carnal desires instead of fulfilling the will of the Heavenly Father? Help me out with that, Brock. Nah, definitely, bro. Um, the scriptures is definitely showing us that, you know, it's it's our minds. Um let's let's look at uh what the solution is. Okay, let let's look at um our Lord and Savior because the thing is, um, you know, when Christ was here on the earth, okay, he went through um, a lot of different uh, trials and temptations, and you know there were many instances where he could have went into his own wrath and things like that, but he didn't. Okay, and um, you know it, it shows us that he controlled his mindset. Okay, and um, also, hold on one second. Also, when he was um, when he was teaching the people. You know, he taught us that we have to change. We have to change our whole being, our whole our whole makeup. Excuse me for one second. I don't know. I don't know what I did um, when I was writing down the scriptures. I wrote down the wrong chapters. But where is it in John when he was talking to Nicodemus? What chapter again is that? Three. Try that one. Okay. All right. Yeah. So John three. Okay. So I want to read this here um, when Christ was talking, you know, talking to uh, this man here. And then I want to read another scripture, okay, that will bring it out a, a, a little bit further. But this is this is the solution because the scriptures that we just read, it says the heart is deceitful above all things who can know it, so on and so forth. Okay. Um, so John chapter 3, and I want to start at verse 1. It says, uh, there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God, for no man can do these miracles that thou doest, except God be with him. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus saith unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of water and of the spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. So let's explain this because some people might not, you know, know what this is talking about. 
So Christ said to him that except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Um, in this world, you know, people do things like baptisms and stuff like that. They go in a pool or in a river or whatever it is and say they're born again. That's not the understanding of being born again according to Christ, okay? When you read further down um, in verse 5, it says, except a man be born of water and of the spirit. Now, a water is water is something that cleanses you, right? So we are cleansed when we hear the words of Christ and we do them. That's St. John chapter 15 and 3. Now you are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. So when we take on Christ's teachings and we do them, right, we become clean. And then it says, so of the water and of the spirit. So of the spirit meaning our whole being, our whole mindset. That's what has to be changed. Our, so we clean up our act. So in the case of violence with guns and all that other stuff, right, um, the scriptures will say things like, you know, um, like anger, like resteth in the bosom of fools. So on and so mm -hmm. forth, right? So if it's a situation like that where it's something got, that got you angry, then you apply that to your life, okay, and then you get out of that uh, anger mode that you're in. Okay, that's how you clean up your act. But then not only that, going further when it says, and of the spirit, now you're going to change your whole outlook on things. Now you're going to say, you know what, I shouldn't even be having these thoughts. I shouldn't even be thinking those that, that way. Now you're changing your whole spirit, right? That's what Christ is talking about. That's what he's, he's telling us um, we need to do. You know, because like I said before, and as the scriptures brought up before, we're born as evil creatures, right? We have the evil mindset. To further uh, build upon that, I want to go to First Corinthians chapter 15. Okay. And Paul is going to essentially say the same thing more or less. First okay. Corinthians chapter 15 And I want to read Start at verse 47 It says uh, The first man is of the earth Earthy That's Adam The second man is the Lord from heaven That's Christ Verse 48 As earthy Such are they also that are earthy and as is the heavenly, such as such are they also that are heavenly. And as we have borne the image of the earthy, meaning we all descended from Adam, okay, it says we shall also bear the image of the heavenly. So yes, even though we are all descendants from Adam and we all have that evil mindset and from our youth and our imaginations are just evil continually. We have to bear the image of the heavenly. So that's why God sent his only begotten son in the world for us to look at him and his examples and to follow him. Now, verse 50 says, Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot enter the kingdom of God, neither doth corruption inherit incorruption. So it's telling us again that, okay, unless we're born of the water and of the spirit, we're not going to see the kingdom of heaven. 
So the point for these scriptures is showing us that what we have to repent and change our mindset altogether and follow that image of Christ. That's how we change and we take on that spiritual or that heavenly, like what we just read. That's how it's done. Mm-hmm. But if we're if we don't do that, we're going to be going by the deceptions of our heart and our minds. That's what we read in Jeremiah. We're going to be tricked and bamboozled into that. We're going to think that changing the gun laws is the solution. That's what we're going to think. We're not going to think to say, okay, you know what? It's really about a person's mindset. You know, the most dangerous thing is not a gun or a bomb. The most dangerous thing is a person's mind. The mindset's that best, best behind that. That's the most dangerous thing ever is a person's mind. Not a gun, not a bomb or a knife or whatever. It's a person's mind. That's the most dangerous thing. So, you know what? Uh, On that right there, I apologize. On that right there, because it, it just came to me right quick, I wanted to read this, and I wanted to expound on this, and, and, and hopefully it should give some, some more framework to what you were already going over as far as the mindset is concerned. So now this is Second Corinthians chapter 10. I'm going to start at verse 4, but the point is in verse 5 where it says, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. So you're, so you're saying in the scriptures that it's, it's the mind and it's the mindset and the attitudes have to change. Well, the scriptures further support that in 2 Corinthians 10 and 5. Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God. Everything, every imagination, every wicked imagination that we all, that we all get, that we all receive from time to time, we have to bring that into check using the commandments, the teachings of Christ as the standard, okay. Oh, here's an example. Oh, wow, she looks, she's gorgeous. Look how she's built. Look how she's put together. Hey, wait a minute. Whoa, stop. Breaks. That could be somebody's wife. Thou shalt not commit adultery, even if she's not somebody's wife. Wait a minute. Hold up. Stop. Breaks. Are we supposed to be looking at women as sex objects, or are we supposed to be looking at women as sisters and dealing respectfully as if she were your own sister? Those are examples of bringing those wicked thoughts and those high things that exalted itself against the knowledge of God into captivity to the obedience of Christ. So in other words, there must be a discipline that we have to exercise because Christ exercised it. The scriptures tell us in Hebrews that Christ in all points was tempted yet without sin. So that tells me that Christ was tempted just like every other man or woman on this earth is tempted. But he did not act upon his temptations to indulge his lusts. So that's the discipline that we have to exercise. Yeah, there's going to be temptations. We're going to be tried. We're going to be tempted, excuse me. But we have no excuse as to yield, excuse me, ourselves to our temptations to indulge our lusts. There is no excuse. So you're talking about the mindset. 
the attitudes. I also have to read, just bear with me right quick. I have to read Mark chapter 7 and uh, verse 20 and 21. Let's see what Christ says about this. Starting at verse 20. And he said, this is Christ, and he's, uh, he's dealing with the disciples. And he says, and he said, that which cometh out of the man defileth the man. For from within, out of the heart of men, wait a minute, there's that word again, heart, not the blood pumping organ in your chest, but your mind. From, for from within, out of the heart of men proceed evil thoughts, adulteries, fornications, murders, thefts, covetousness, wickedness, deceit, lasciviousness, an evil eye, blasphemy, pride, foolishness. Verse 23, all these evil things come from within and defile the man. So now look at what Christ is saying. Back in verse 21, for from within, out of the heart of men proceed evil thoughts, adulteries, fornications, murders. I want to emphasize that word murder right quick because anytime someone picks up an object, whether it be a gun, whether it be a knife, whether it be a, 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 a hat, uh, excuse me, an axe or a hatchet, whatever, a uh, two by four, and they kill someone unjustifiably, it's not out of defense. You doing this because you want to. That's that is called murder. Murder is an unjustifiable killing. So those things are the things that defile us in the eyes of the Heavenly Father. And that's why repentance is so important. Because without Christ and repentance, we have no way to rectify, or excuse me, fall back in line with the will of the Heavenly Father. We don't have a way without Christ. We don't. We have no way of rectifying or, 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 or cleaning our acts in the eyes of the Heavenly Father without Christ and repentance. And repentance does not start with the action. Repentance starts with the mind, getting that right. And as a result of that mind change or that attitude change, then you see it in the form of the action. So what you're saying, Barack, about the mindset and us getting our minds right and putting our focus back in line with the Heavenly Father, that is absolutely correct. <clears throat> Excuse me, that's absolutely correct. The problem is a lot of us don't want to submit ourselves to the discipline of the Scriptures and putting ourselves back in line uh, with the will of the Heavenly Father. That's, that's one problem. And I also would like to read 1 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 27, where it says, but I keep under my body and bring it into subjection, lest that by any means, when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. So here is Paul, and he's saying out of his own mouth that he practices that discipline. He is also making sure that his mind is where it is supposed to be. Let me read it again but I keep under my body and bring it into subjection. So Paul is saying, I'm bringing my body, my mind into subjection, 
and he's using the scriptures as the standard of discipline that must be maintained, that must be used to maintain his body and his mind in that subjection. Lest that by any means, when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. Lest by any means, when Paul is preaching of Christ and repentance and, and conformance to the will of the Heavenly Father, he himself would be a hypocrite and a castaway because he's preaching himself, but he's not doing. The overall point is we all have to submit ourselves to the discipline of the scriptures, to the discipline of the teachings of Christ, and bring our bodies into that subjection. In other words, our bodies and our emotions, our lusts, should not be in control of us. We, using the scriptures, using Christ and his teachings, should be in control of them. I hand it back to you, brother. Yep. All right. All good points, man. Um, all right. Let me, uh, let's go to Matthew 19. Mm-hmm. I want to um, drive this point home again. Okay, um, so people could understand. Uh, Matthew 19, okay, and I want to read verse um, 16 and 17. This is again with Christ. It says, And behold, one came and said unto him, Good master, what good thing shall I do that I may have eternal life? So, this is a man that came to Christ, and before he asked this question, he addressed Christ as good master, okay? Um, and so, he, then he asked him, what may I do that I may have eternal life, okay? Before I go on, because uh, I, I looked this up, um, I looked this up uh, yesterday, Give me one second. I want to read. I want to read um, the definition of good. Hold on one second. That's a word that you know is used uh, all the time. But hold on one second. I just want to read the definition. One of the definitions. Mm-hmm. Um, the definition of good. One of them. Noun. It says that which is morally right. Righteousness Right That which is morally right Righteousness A mysterious balance of good and evil Blah 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 Right So that which is morally right or Righteousness So the guy came to Christ And addressed him as Good master Okay Let's read His Christ's response in 17 And he said unto him This is Christ why callest thou me good? There is none good but one, that is God. But if thou wilt enter into life, keep the commandments. The reason for me reading this scripture is to again point out the fact and drive it home that as long as we are in these flesh carnal bodies. We are not good. We are evil. All of us. 
and it's about the mindset. So that's the first thing that came out of his mouth. Why are you calling me good? Because he was in the flesh. There's none good but one. We are all evil as human beings. As long as we're in the flesh and these carnal makeups, we are evil. So backing this up, you quoted the scripture earlier, and I had written it down to bring it out. Hebrews 5 to show you the things that Christ himself also went through, okay? Hebrews 5, and I want to read verse 15, because you had quoted it, but I want to read it. Hebrews 5, verse 15, it says, For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points, Tempted like as we are, yet without sin. This is talking about Jesus Christ. He's our high priest. So it's saying that we don't have a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities. So all the things that we go through as human beings, so the frustration, right, mad at the world because things aren't going our way because People might be making fun of us or talking bad about us or we have ill feelings. All those things, Christ himself went through those things. It says, which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points. So in every aspect, every emotion, every feeling that we have as human beings, all the frustrations and stuff like that, Christ himself, Went through that. Okay, people need to read their Bibles. When you read the scriptures, there were many instances where um, the scribes and the Pharisees, they didn't like Christ. Okay, and they sought to kill him a, a bunch of times. Eventually they did. Okay, but how do you think he felt when they made fun of him, was plucking his beard, spitting on him and stuff like that? Don't you think that he... Um, wanted to pick up a sword or call down legions of angels and killed everybody. In fact, that was one of the instances where um, one of his apostles, Peter, drew his sword and chopped off the dude's ear. And Christ was like, listen, dude, put back your sword in its place. These things have to happen. It has to come through. And then he says, you know, if you live by the sword, you're going to die by the sword. So he went through all those emotions and things as well, but you didn't see him committing mass murder. You didn't see him do that because it was about his mindset. That's why it says, but it was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. So that's the example that we have to go through and that we have to look at, saying, okay, you know what, whatever it is that we're going through, Jesus Christ himself went through that as well, and he didn't uh, commit any kind of sin. He didn't go off into his own evil mindset. And it's showing you that he was the same makeup like as we are. That's why I read that in Matthew where he says, why are you calling me good? Even he himself was saying, listen, as long as I'm in this flesh, I'm not good. There's only one that's good. Because that's the makeup of man. We're evil. Right, so 
the I wanna read this is the last scripture that I had, but I wanna read um Galatians five. Um to to drive this point home. Galatians um five and I wanna read it read from verse nineteen uh verse nineteen down. It says Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these. So this is the works of the flesh, the carnal person, right? It says adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, which is a lot of what we've been seeing, people going into their own wrath, Strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murders. Every other week, like I said, you turn on the news, you go on the internet, you're reading about some shooting that's taking that's taking place. Drunkenness, revelings, and such like, of the which I tell you before, as I have also told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. So this is showing us that what well, these are all works of the flesh. These are all things that's in us, our makeup. Just like what you read with when Christ said that um the things that proceed out of us, that's what defiles us. Because this is what's in us. The adultery, the murders, the hatred. This is our makeup. This is what we're made of. This is the things that we think about. This is our imagination. How can I um, take vengeance? How can I get rid of this person? How can I commit adultery, fornication? This is what we think about. Okay, but when you look at the Bible and Jesus Christ, the scriptures talk about repentance and us following Jesus Christ, and that's what it's all about. It's us. Um, changing our mindset towards things and not, you know, getting caught up in these foolish uh, debates and things like that about controlling guns and gun laws and things like that. That has nothing to do with it, you know, because before guns it was swords. And in Genesis, when we read that, the earth was filled with violence. They didn't have no guns back then. They had swords. And that's what made, that's what caused all those violence. Uh, violence that was happening So it's not about that It's just about knowing human nature How we are Evil and wicked And the solution changed our mindset That was it That was it bro for me Right And I wanted to I want to, uh, I wanted to comment just a little bit more On that on that mindset Because when we read <clears throat> Excuse me When we read in the book of uh, Ephesians chapter 4 Starting at verse 22, that she put off concerning the former conversation, the old man, which is corrupt, according to the deceitful lusts. So in Christ, and we're still talking about gun violence and mass shootings. Is it wrong? Is it, is it wrong to own the firearm? No, it's not. The question becomes, what do you do with it? Nonetheless, when we read in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 22, that you put off concerning the former conversation, the old man, in Christ, that the former conversation, the way that we used to be, those old attitudes, those old mindsets, those have to be put away. Those have to go. Same thing here. How, how do we remedy gun violence? How do we remedy mass shootings? 
we remedy these unfortunate occurrences with Christ. We remedy this, this problem, this plague in our society with the scriptures, with the application of the scriptures, okay? With repentance, the old, that old man, and I'm not, I'm not referring to age. I'm, I'm referring to habits. I'm referring to characteristics. I'm referring to attitude. I'm referring to mentality. I'm referring to mindset. That old man or that old woman, that man or that woman has to go. The anger and the malice and the hatred, which leads a man or a woman to commit acts of violence such as mass shooting, that person has to go. That person has to die. So that that spiritual person, that new man or that new woman in Christ can be born and that person can flourish with the understanding and the knowledge of Christ. So now, verse 22, I'll read it again. That he put off concern, concerning the former conversation, the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lusts, and be renewed in the spirit of your what? And be renewed in the spirit of your mind. See, that's the thing that we really got to focus on. The mindset, the attitude, our perception, how we view things. We have to, we have to focus on that. If it's not in line with Christ, then guess what? We've got to bring those things into the uh, obedience of Christ, like it talks about in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 4 and 5. We've got to bring those things into the obedience of Christ and ask ourselves, wait a minute, is this what my mind should be on? Should I be thinking about this? Should I be thinking about picking up a gun and running into a church or running to a concert or running to schools and opening fire on innocent, unarmed civilians, citizens? The answer, of course, is no. So, reading on, and that he put on the new man, that man in Christ, that woman in Christ, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. So now this, herein is repentance. Herein is the concept of repentance. The old man with his old habits, those old characteristics, that old attitude, that wicked attitude, that wicked mindset, that wicked mentality, that has to go. And putting on the new man, that new man or that new woman in Christ, filled with the Holy Spirit, filled with the fruits of the Spirit, filled with the knowledge of Christ. That's what we have. That's the gift that the Most High has given us through repentance in Christ. The problem is, not a lot of our people want to accept that. Nonetheless, how do we remedy gun violence? How do we remedy mass shooting? How do we remedy hatred and maliciousness and viciousness one to one another? In Christ. That's how we do it. My brother Barack, I want to thank you for hanging out with me this afternoon. All praises, honor, and glory to the Heavenly Father and Christ for allowing us the opportunity to speak once again and teach out the Holy Scriptures. Until the next time, we say shalom. Uh, shalom.
Brothers and sisters, thank you for visiting with us in the virtual living room of the Body of Christ Church. You can visit our website at thebocc.com or you can email us at bodyofchrist at ureach.com or call us at 877-871-1712. Until our next visit, the Most High in the name of Christ bless you. Shalom. Thank you.